Hello and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nijda Tsaturgan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. And today my guests were Armina Makarchan and Gevork Borosian from ReArmenia, a collaboration platform for projects solving different problems in Armenia. We spoke about the ReArmenia platform, how organizations can use the platform to find collaborators for their work, building trust among their community, and some of the projects that are currently up on the platform right now. Gevork is the CEO of uh, the organization, and Armina is a member of the board. ReArmenia, for those of you who don't know, is a platform that was launched last year uh, in the fall. Um, it's a collaboration platform for uh, Armenians all over the world where projects solving different problems are presented to receive needed resources, knowledge, experience, network, and funds. Gevork and Armina, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for being here. Um, let's start with the story of ReArmenia. Um, how did you guys come up with this idea, and why did you think it was needed right now? Uh, basically, we have started this right after the war. I mean, not the platform itself, but thoughts about this kind of platform, meaning that we were understanding that the main problem that we had was basically not being together not working on the same goal, on the same vision, basically. And we were, I mean, in every sphere, let's say like this, we were working very decentralized, so-called. Not unified. Not unified, maybe better to say, yeah. And we understood that this this is the main problem because of which we're having all these losses and everything. So we decided that we have to focus on bringing together all Armenians, uh, but not just in terms of ideology or, you know, but bring together Armenians who are gonna really solve the problems, like hands-on activities mm-hmm. uh, concerning solving the problems. And then we were thinking, uh, what will be the tool for that? And then one of our friends, uh, James Tufenkian, by the way, he was involved in this, in all this process as well. He, he offered, he, he said, let's start a collaboration platform, technical, technological platform, let's say like this, which will be accessible for every Armenian mm-hmm. uh, around the world. And uh, so we decided to have this platform which will give opportunity to every project which is solving Armenia's or Armenian's problem to be presented in here Mm -hmm. and to uh, attract basically all the needed resources. Mm -hmm. So main resources are these four, like knowledge, experience, network, and funds. Uh, These are basically the main things uh, that every project needs uh, to become reality. So here, everyone who has basically understanding of any problem and uh, the solution to this problem and need to find some uh, like-minded people, some collaborators, some resources. Uh, This platform is for that very person to present uh, the idea, to present the solution and find partners. And on the other hand, there are a lot of people who want really to collaborate to help uh, solve some problems, but they do not know where to go, where to find this reliable, trustworthy people and teams where to find the real problems that are important at this very moment, basically. Mm. So this platform is for that people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you guys were looking at this space, were there any examples of success in the past that people have tried uh, a platform like this or an idea like this and it has bared fruit? Uh, you know, that's a very interesting question and I, I will come uh, from a little bit far. Mm-hmm. What we saw is that everyone, let's say, in Armenia or Armenians abroad, they were doing something. Even in the war, during the war, you would see that everyone was trying to do something, was trying to help. And 
what we found was that we do a lot of things, and but when we don't do it together, the effect is very small. Mm. And sometimes we do the, the same thing for the same people, and we don't coordinate, we don't collaborate. And what happens is that the result could be much bigger. Mm -hmm. And even during the war, we had many examples when uh, people were helping. To bring an example, uh, we had families who had tens of kilograms of flour, and they didn't have uh, any oven or mm -hmm. anything to bake bread. The idea here is that there are many people, many people were doing many things, but we needed a place where everyone would collaborate together. Mm -hmm. So uh, we wouldn't do something here, something there, but we would join our efforts and the result would be much bigger. And yeah. I think this idea is very popular amongst Armenians, especially during the war and after the war. There's this constant idea that one of our problems is that we're not unified enough. You know, ten people are working on the same problem instead of pulling their resources together. And there's that famous Chagans quote that kept getting circulated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were a lot of these kind of initiatives, and which is very good because, as you said, like almost every Armenian understands that uh, the main thing we need is unity. Yeah. And a lot of different tries. Uh, have been done before. And right now, uh, besides Re-Armenia, there are some other projects as well who are working on bringing together all Armenians to organize these collaboration platforms or some initiatives. So why I'm saying this is very good because all these people basically are our friends and partners. As soon as they uh, like realize that we're doing the same and as soon as, soon as uh, we um, find out uh, about some other, these kind of initiatives, what we do first, we start collaboration as far as we're That's all smart. of us are collaboration yeah. platforms and initiatives. So first what we do, we start collaboration together mm -hmm. and bringing all these resources together, of course, helping to uh, like uh, develop this direction uh, a lot better. But the thing is, which is uh, very, very important that uh, what we need at the moment, we have uh, we need metrics to measure this collaboration successes, basically. Hmm. I mean, so far, a lot of people talked about this. A lot of people started different initiatives for collaboration. But uh, unfortunately, not always we had, let's say, the formula of measuring uh, the result of our collaboration. So now we want to have all these metrics to have, like, understanding that every collaboration uh, has to have deadline, and measurable results, you know? So this will help us to really understand if we are collaborating or just talking about collaboration. You know what I'm saying, huh? That's really interesting. So what are some of those metrics in the context of some of the projects that are on your platform right now? How, how, do, you, how do you measure that? Because it's a lot more difficult. It's easy to say, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a news outlet, some of your metrics are the reach that you have, how many people read your, your work or listen to your, your segments. How do you do that in terms of how do you how do you do that in terms of measuring collaboration? Uh, basically, there are two main things like uh, success mm. of that very collaboration, the number of people involved in this collaboration. So what we want to do, we want to bring as many people uh, as possible together. For example, uh, for this year, uh, our uh, goal objective is to create this minimum viable community. Mm. Last year, for example, our uh, ob objective was a minimum viable product which was basically the platform and uh, on October we have launched it mm -hmm. and this year we want to create this minimum viable community community of uh, giving uh, helping collaborating people mm -hmm. so in, the metrics are basically as I said we are 
actually, of course, we're a collaboration platform, but you can say as well that we are a crowdsourcing platform. So right. every project which is presented there, they have exact needs, like some specialists, some partners, some networks, some funds. Yeah exact like number of specialists or funds for example and they have exact deadlines uh, until what date they want they have or they want to get all these sources so yeah. as soon as they have ac accomplished the campaign as soon as they have this success reached to their needed resources basically meaning that they are successful so number of successful campaigns and number of people involved uh, in these campaigns basically is the main metrics hmm. And you guys maximize for the more number of people involved? Uh, yes, basically. I mean, in, in each as, project. Yes, yes. We, we're trying to uh, involve as many people as possible because, you know, in Armenia we say, Mikhail Kalava, Yerkus Naveri. What is English right. for that? Uh, one mind as good, two is better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> just, okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So that's why we want to bring. Uh, uh, on board as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, effectively collaborating people. Right. That's right. a very important part. In order to give our listeners an idea of what collaboration looks like on your platform, give us an idea of the process that it takes for a project to apply for the platform and what vetting it goes through to get approved and then start the, the campaign. Okay, let me tell you about the process uh, which applies to every project that comes through Armenia. First of all, uh, we have uh, the create button <laughs> on our website and everyone can just go there and start their collaboration or uh, start their project, whether it's a collaboration, it's fundraising, whatever they want, yeah, it's crowdsourcing. So after that, oh, we get the application, they fill out the application, we get the application, and the screening specialist reviews the application, then it goes to an account manager. Mm -hmm. So from the first moment you applied to our platform, uh, you are assigned with an account manager who will help you to go through the process. So the first check, the first thing I think is uh, going through uh, our trust and safety department. Mm -hmm. So what they do, they check the legal stuff, they check if you have some financial background, if you, if you are asking for money, what is the budget, and if you have different needs. Uh, so they check uh, the validity of uh, the idea. needs, right? And after that, it goes to uh, advisory boards. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, almost all areas are involved in re-Armenia, apart from uh, things that are related to military. Hmm. Yeah, That's your only limitation. So, yeah, that's the only limitation, let's say. Uh, so when you come, for example, if you have an idea related to education, your project goes to uh, advisory board that is dealing with education. So they view the project, they uh, evaluate the project uh, with three main criteria. The first one is uh, whether the problem exists, whether the problem is real. The second one, whether the solution you're proposing is a good one. Mm -hmm. And the third one, uh, whether the team has the capacity to carry out the solution. Hmm. So when the project uh, is uh, evaluated and is approved by the advisory board, it goes already to campaign management. And mm -hmm. we have a committee that helps uh, the project with uh, campaign management. I mean, you already start developing your uh, campaign page, your strategy, and we have a committee that approves your campaign already. Yeah? So when it is approved, it goes live, and you start getting a lot of collaborators right and when we say collaborators there are different ways that people can collaborate with these projects right one of them is 
financing it yes. through a crowdfunding campaign. And then the other one is looking for contributors for specific tasks or yes. or cons- exactly. like people to advise, right? Can you talk a little bit about the the members that are on your platform that can provide advice? How do they go about finding a project and how do you help match them? Uh, basically, uh, on the platform, you can find all the vetted and approved projects yeah. online. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to contribute to any project can go to website, rearmenia.com, and then uh, go through all the projects, see which one resonating uh, to his needs, understanding or ideas or vision. And as soon as they find the project which they want to help, they're just pressing this Act Now button and uh, fill in the small application uh, where uh, they can find these fields like uh, who you are, like collaborator, or maybe uh, they can see the list of the specialists that this uh, very project is looking for. Mm -hmm. So maybe architect, uh, designer, et cetera, et cetera, if they're constructing something, for example. And you're just choosing from this drop-down menu uh, the direction in which you want to be involved. Uh, There is a little space where you can uh, fill in a little message saying something about you or why do you care about this cause, for example, and uh, hit submit button. Mm -hmm. And then this initiator or uh, let's say implementer of the project receives all these uh, applications, let's say like this, Uh, which one is interesting for uh, implementer, they're getting in touch with them, Mm -hmm. having all these talks about collaboration. And as soon as they have decided that this person is joining the team, so they're putting the update on the campaign page saying that, this person joined us with this, for example, resources and everything. So on the other hand, uh, soon, I'm not sure it's going to be very soon or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the second quarter for sure. We will have the list of collaborators and experts. So the same way like collaborator is looking for the project, project creators can look for collaborators on the the same website as well. So if anybody want to share their knowledge, experience, or whatever, they can uh, uh, register on the platform, like put that tick, which gives opportunity to be shown for the public already. And uh, any project which needs your knowledge and experience can outreach uh, to you as well. Concerning matching, we will have this uh, later this year, not uh, the smartest version, because eventually we want to have very smart version of this matching process. The idea is that If you're looking for some uh, specific professional, let's say like this, uh, some specific expert, as soon as this expert will appear on the platform, you will get notification. But uh, we want to have uh, a little smarter version of this matching because, you know, uh, different people describe the same profession in different ways, in different words. So the best way that the system identifies that if this text and the other are about the same thing or not and based on that the system is deciding to send the push notification to project creator or not Mm -hmm. so eventually we will have this very smart matching tool or matching let's say uh, algorithms in the platform which will help to find each other much easier so for now uh, a lot of these is being done uh, manually right they go they see the campaign that they want to contribute to and they do the application as you said can you give us an idea of what type of tasks these are that people can fulfill? What whatever the type of tasks that the campaigns need help with? Uh, yeah, I, I think I can bring some examples yeah. right now what we have on our platform. For example, 
uh, we had uh, a collaboration which was looking for people who would uh, help them with creating a database. So they were looking for database developers, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah? uh, another project which is related to a park in Stepanavan is looking for an urban uh, planner, urban designer, and is looking for an implementer company who would be able to come and tell them, okay, uh, this is what we should do with the park. Mm -hmm. And uh, like right now, we have two collaborators joined already the project. And uh, if there is anyone in this uh, area of expertise, we would love to hear from them and yeah. we would love to add them to the project. Yeah. And it can be starting from a scale related to a very specific profession. Mm -hmm to, uh, let's say, a very general something like we are going to have another project, which is a project from US, and they are asking for collaborators in Armenia. They are looking for training centers. Mm -hmm. They have a program. They want to give the program to Armenia, but they don't know anyone here. Mm -hmm. So they say, we're looking for training centers who will come and uh, take our program and de de deliver it to uh, students in Armenia. It's sure. amazing. Yeah. Or the same Hakopavan case, for example. Artsakh government, uh, they wanted to renovate uh, Hakopavan monastery uh, complex. complex. Yeah. So uh, they needed basically uh, architects, uh, renovation specialists, uh, construction uh, companies uh, who are basically the best in this. Mm -hmm. And they opened the collaboration campaign. Uh, on Re Armenia, and uh, it took uh, several months basically because even uh, this this one started uh, even before uh, yeah. the launch of the platform. But anyways, they found all the needed resources, all the needed partners basically, and they uh, came together, worked on the project. They have uh, already the team, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, timeline, and the roadmap of this renovation process, and also they have the budget, and now they have started the uh, fundraising campaign hmm. altogether on Rearmenia platform. So right now, uh, they have raised, so far, I don't remember, like, ah, <laughs> $24,000. Huh? So thank you for helping, <laughs> showing me the webpage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yes, so they have raised around $25,000 already. Yeah. And uh, looking for $270,000. So mm -hmm. I, I really believe that uh, this uh, fundraising will come to its success as well. Yeah. So this is another very good uh, uh, like example. Why? Because here we have very different entities. Like, you know, the government, foundations, uh, individuals, like architect, for example. Uh, experts, by the way, from different countries. Restoration of uh, historic uh, architectures or mm -hmm. buildings. So, I mean, this is very good thing. And this uh, is uh, the way we want all the other entities and individuals to collaborate to solve uh, basically all the uh, tough problems that we have in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there is another collaboration I just uh, want to mention. It's all, it's also very interesting. Uh, one of our banks uh, actually came to us and said that uh, every year we were giving some gifts to our partners. And uh, this is the second year we have decided that instead of the gifts, we want to give uh, the money to charity. Mm. And uh, what projects we're looking for, uh, they should be in uh, Sunik 
and they should be in the villages that are now in troubled area. And uh, what happened is that they opened the collaboration asking for problems. They said, yeah, we have the was, money. Yeah. And that one was very unique collaboration yeah, it, case it was, as well. It was yeah. very interesting. They yeah. said, we have, the, we have the money, we want to help these villages, what are the problems there? Hmm. And we had uh, the municipality of Sunik region. Uh, they joined the project. They said, we will do, we will give you a lot of problems to solve. <laughs> and basically what happened is they raised the issue issue of uh, of the schools not having uh, laboratories mm -hmm. and uh, what kind of laboratories uh, it's uh, five, they have five laboratories um, uh, physics mathematics chemistry. Uh, biology chemistry and uh, geography geography mm -hmm. right so uh, and the amount was around 10 million drums uh, but the budget of, of the bank was around 5 million drums. Mm. So what happened is that they gave the amount uh, which was required and the rest uh, was raised. Right now we're raising it and uh, there, there is another union of uh, businessmen union. Yeah, Good they joined, they gave another amount uh, and uh, now we have uh, children from uh, the regions. Uh, I don't know if you're Mem, familiar yes. with MEM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we gathered together a team of campaign managers. Mm -hmm. So they are going to do a small campaign for the remaining amount of Incredible. Uh, Basically money, yeah. around 500,000 yeah, pounds remaining. Yeah, it's just 500,000. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it went very, very fast and very successful. Yeah. That one was very interesting case as well, because, you know, here we have not the person who has the problem, but uh, the entity who has the resource. Right. To help, they crowd they crowdsourced yeah. the problem. Yeah, basically so. they have the funds and they were looking for problem. Right. They yeah. were looking for the uh, like toughest or most important problem. Right. So this was another case of collaboration. Yeah, that's a really interesting scenario, and I hope it inspires more uh, examples like that because of yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, we already have our gift cards on our website, and uh, there are organizations mm -hmm. which are saying that, okay, we give some gifts to our employees at yeah. the end of the year, so we will think about giving the uh, gift cards, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the best gift is the gift of giving. Gift so. of giving, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tagline. Uh, I want to talk about some of these specific projects that you mentioned, but just before that, I had a question about these people who are... Um, coming on and fulfilling these tasks that some of these projects need. Are they volunteers or how does that system work? It can be either way. I mean, it's upon their decision and the collaborator and the project implementer. So they're like, uh, let's say, negotiating together mm -hmm. and figuring out which is the best way of their collaboration. So you guys aren't closed off to it being a paid thing or? Uh, it can be, sure, sure. It can be paid. There's no limitations on that. No, no. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. only limitation here is on rearmenia.com is to come to success. Right. Okay. Like to solve the problem. <laughs> right. I That's the most important thing. And if you're yeah. not solving the problem, you're not yeah. good <laughs> enough if you're solving. So yeah, and you're uh, we have recently we have seen a very interesting tendency. We had like uh, a book collecting project for one of uh, the villages. This, yeah. And then the second project came and now we're getting a lot of messages and a lot of people are saying, you know, our village doesn't have a library. Yeah. Can you help us with the library? Yeah. So well, we're seeing very interesting tendencies mm -hmm. here. By That's the fantastic. way, just just uh, another great, great uh, case was this Vahuhas village. 
uh, Armina mentioned, uh, this library. So the project uh, called Play and Read in Varuhas, mm-hmm. and they were raising funds for uh, playground, mm-hmm. and uh, they were collecting books for their um, library. And it's important to mention that in this village, there are like 630 people, the population, and 230 of those are children. Hmm. I mean, each a family basically in average have like seven eight uh, child yeah. you see i mean this big is families, incredible yeah. but this but this <laughs> village with this big amount of children they didn't have a playground or yeah. the library yeah so, so this is a really problem for them crucial problem so during four weeks they have raised around sixteen thousand dollars wow for playground and they were asking for like some 70 or 80 books and they have uh, collected 800 books That's for the amazing. library so, yeah i mean we were very very like <laughs> you know, delighted with yeah. this project and do we have a very touchy story here like i like this story very much uh, there was a military man who used to serve in Baruhas, mm-hmm. and uh, he had uh, some injury, and after that, he went out of army. And when he saw, he, he participated in the defense of Baruhas. Mm-hmm. And when he saw the project, he gave all his library to the wow. village. Yeah, so it That's was really, incredible. it was really yeah. nice. And what is another important thing about this project? This project uh, started basically by one teacher from Baruhas school. Nara Barsegian, I don't remember her surname. So, I mean, this is very important. Just one girl who thought that this is a problem and it it has to be solved and yeah. she started and uh, and uh, thanks to her basically a lot of people collected together and so these problems are solved so far. W- w- why I'm saying this because uh, this is very important to understand that every big thing basically starts for just one person yeah. who's doing the sa- uh, the first step yeah. who's taking the first step the initial, huh? yeah. in yeah initiative so this is very important for uh, our audience uh, to know as well that each of them really really can solve like huge problems i mean these were not uh, still were not huge problems right. maybe a huge problem for that very village or that children but not like a huge problem for all uh, armenians or armenia but for sure we can come uh, to much to solve much bigger problems on this platform uh, with this approach of coming together yeah. and collaborating together. By the way, we can see that on the numbers as well. For example, uh, uh, this greenhouse uh, for injured soldier, it was like around $6,000. And then uh, Varuhas Playground was around $16,000. Now, for example, the campaign of Artsakhi Munk uh, mm-hmm. techno, techno School is uh, on its way and they have raised already $120,000. They're looking for $140,000 so that last mile will be closed, I believe, during this week. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, the projects are becoming bigger and bigger and this is very inspiring as well. Let's talk about uh, Munch specifically, because um, it has to do with tech, and it's a it's a, a project that f- from your platform, it's a project that I found very interesting. For those who don't know, Munch means uh, us, we, Mengs, we, right? yes, in Artsakh dialect. Artsakh dialect. dialect, yeah. Let's take Munch as an example and talk about that trust and safety process that you were talking about. When a project this big comes to you, what is the vetting like? How do you guys approach that, and what type of team do you have that? works on that issue. Yeah, actually, Munk is a very good example. Yeah. Because, you know, I, w- what, uh, I want to state something very important. Our vetting process is not there just to cut the projects. Right. Our vetting process is there to help projects become better. Hmm. And with the, Munch, with the Munk, what happened is that uh, they applied 
uh, with a project that uh, changed over time a lot. Even we, our team, we went to uh, the village in Artsakh to see with our eyes what's happening there hmm. because it's a, it was a big project and Several we didn't times, know. Several times, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you say the name of the village? At first, it uh, it should have been in the village Mushkapat, and mm. then uh, there was uh, a problem with the place where were the uh, with the building. So what happened is the neighboring village, uh, which Hagorti. name is Hagorti. What region so, is it in? Uh, it's Mark in Martoni region. Martin. So the uh, head of the village. He said, uh, I don't need the building. Hmm. So he gave up the building just for the children to have the That's techno incredible. school. Yeah. Now the mayor is working from home. <laughs> yeah. And the whole building of Yura <laughs> Petara, yeah, of municipality building, yeah, is transferred to children to, to build incredible. their techno school there. And we yeah. hope one day we will see uh, the mayor working from the co-working space right. in Mung Techno School. <laughs> right. So uh, what happened, uh, the head of our uh, advisory board is Aram Pakchen for education and he was involved very deeply with the project mm -hmm. so he uh, looked at the project he had several meetings with the project team he gave a lot of advices so the project changed 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 and mm -hmm. became much better mm -hmm. so by the way yeah by the way a lot of people were involved in this process of uh, let's say improving I wanted to say idea the but initial not the idea, project the, yeah, the, yeah the scheme the anyways yeah the project so uh, our uh, Chairman David Hakopian was very much involved in this process as well. Uh, by the way, a lot of uh, specialists uh, from the field, starting from uh, Synergy people, uh, Service Titan, CRISP guys, uh, ACA people. Uh, by the way, uh, AGBU with mm -hmm. their Armenian Virtual College and ACA, Armenian uh, Code Academy, they are helping tech techno school with their curriculum, with their experts and the content that they have created mm -hmm. for technological uh, education, you know? I mean, so basically we're coming to the point where we will have uh, the top level education, technological education, in Vahuhas, I mean, no, I'm sorry, in this case, in uh, Hagorti village. Mm -hmm. So this is very important because you, you, what we need basically in Arsakh at the moment is to keep uh, people there, right. especially youngsters, and to give them opportunity to work for the uh, like global uh, market. Right. You know? yeah. So for this, they have to have this internet, mm -hmm. electricity, and knowledge, yeah. knowledge of technological, basically, uh, like professions, and mm -hmm. so to know how to deal with international market from yeah. uh, Artsakh villages. Mm -hmm. So this is what we have to solve at the moment. The idea of working for the global market is really interesting to me because last year there was a conference uh, organized by Crowdfunding Formula in Gorgis. Um, I forget the name. You would know it. Uh, uh, Formula Gorgis. Formula uh, Gorgis. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. after that we had uh, Tech Week Artsakh. Right. Uh, we organized it along with Gigi and Instigate, right. and also around forty companies joined us. Yeah. yeah. But you were speaking about Formula Gorgis. Yes, yes, Formula Gorgis. I spent some time in Gorgis last summer, and uh, when speaking with um, when just speaking with people, one idea that I kept hearing is that during the conference, uh, it was the first time that this idea of freelancing for a companies abroad, it was the first time that this idea had been presented to them. And now they were all seeing this as an opportunity to go learn digital marketing or programming or graphic design or something so that they could provide their services to the outside world. If those opportunities weren't there in Gorgis, they now had the chance to, you know, broaden their market and, you know, search for uh, opportunities from abroad while staying in Gorgis. And it was interesting to me that the idea had never been presented to the, to the community there, and they just hadn't thought that that was an option. So I think 
these projects like MUNC are fantastic for uh, bringing that idea to you know smaller communities in Armenia. Yeah, let me tell you that these kind of projects partially are uh, thanks to that kind of talks and yeah. events. And for example, the same uh, Tech Week in Artsakh, uh, there were 1,500 participants there. Yeah. Uh, 500 from other regions and 1,000 from Artsakh, and so, so a, a lot of a lot of youngsters, a lot of tech-minded, uh, but not still in the market people. Right. They made uh, their final decisions right. to go in tech, into the tech, to stay in their villages, in their cities, and work for global market. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, there are like three steps of working for global market. The first is to be employed by some global company. Uh, it can be uh, mainly, it will be basically, Armenia-based global company. So uh, they can be hired by these companies for remote work mm -hmm. from Artsakh. The second step, they are starting freelancing basically yeah. or creating the groups of uh, outsourcing uh, yeah. service providers basically, huh? outsourcing teams. And the third step, which is the most important one and all of us are working to come to that very point is to create own projects yeah. i mean products basically and sell the products not their uh, like workforce mm -hmm. let's say like this huh? so intellectual not, property mean, yeah, not uh, like provide their services to the outside world but build a, their but own product that they can the sell products. to the, to the exactly. global market exactly yeah. That one will be the best uh, opportunity to raise uh, Artsakhi uh, or and uh, all Armenian, basically Armenia's economics. Yeah. So we're working on that. Uh, of course, uh, it will take some time to bring uh, people there to this uh, mindset and to the level of having all the skills mm -hmm. that are needed for creating the products and selling it yeah. throughout the world. So we're showing a lot of examples, of course, starting from uh, Armenia-based companies or uh, US-based companies created by Armenians, starting with Service Titan, Pixart, uh, like TCF, Crisp, etc., uh, etc. Et I don't want to name um, all of them because for sure uh, I will forget yeah. a lot of <laughs> companies but there are really great examples and what is great to mention here that all these companies uh, founders of these companies are really willing to yeah. come and share their knowledge and experience with region uh, people, people with Artsakhi yeah. uh, uh, youngsters as well so uh, uh, for example last week I have posted uh, a poll in uh, Technotun uh, club channel and, and I was asking for uh, funds for uh, education and for uh, like mentorship mm -hmm. uh, from uh, tech people and a lot of them like committed uh, to come uh, to mentor these youngsters in Artsakh to uh, to uh, organize some uh, workshops some sessions for them so meaning that uh, these guys in Artsakh uh, these like 15 17 or 20 years old youngsters in Artsakh will get information from the very, very top of yeah. startup ecosystems, even from United States, from Silicon Valley, you know? So That's this incredible. is incredible, yeah, yeah. Uh, like opportunities that they will have, they will have. Yeah, this is a little bit tangential to our main conversation, but it's really interesting and I want to dive a little bit deeper. So in Yerevan, over the last 18 months, the tech sector has seen large investments made, new startups are popping up, and there's a lot of exciting activity. But when I look at the history of it, it sort of started from this outsourcing model. 
and people developed their skills. There was a lot of professionals that developed their career. And then you got to the point where you could have these startups mm -hmm. because there were the people capable of doing it. it. Do you think that some of this startup activity, from what you've seen, will it cause some of that older model of the outsourcing to move to the regions and to Artsakh? And then, you know, in 10, 15 years, they'll start developing their yes. startups? Yes, you're, you're totally right. Of course, we want to uh, skip... Yeah, uh, right. that well, part yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's a little hard yeah. but at least at least we will do everything to shorten that period right uh, fr from becoming a professional uh, to coming to founder so yeah. we want to shorten this path as yeah. as as uh, short as possible but uh, let me tell you that right now there is already the first outsourcing team organized in this Hagorti village Amazing. there are like three uh, 16 17 years old girls and two guys with them so this five uh, team so this the team of five right now are taking orders fulfilling some projects for example the website of their um, ministry of education is created by them already in wow. Artsakh. Yeah. Besides, right now, they're working on a project, uh, e-commerce project from Russia. Yeah. They have a small uh, foundation uh, website uh, from United States and several uh, orders. Yesterday, I, I met them in uh, Stepanakert. We're trying uh, always to keep in touch with them, to help them uh, to grow as fast as possible. And I was really amazed that during these several months, they have uh, grown a lot. Uh, they yeah. have Right now, they're working on six projects simultaneously wow. of course there are small projects but we were thinking with them uh, to go to some uh, bigger projects uh, so to spend a little more time on the same project yeah. to be able to uh, dive deep in the uh, project creation and then development process so uh, this process is supposed to be familiar to them so later it will be easier for them to create their own product hmm. you know what i'm saying huh? yeah. like a bigger project for a longer period of time from the very beginning up to bringing this project to the market so as soon as they will have this kind of uh, orders so they will uh, they will understand uh, the philosophy and the process of creating own project yeah. uh, in deep you know, so this will help them to come to this startup uh, point Mindset, uh, yeah. much faster. That's incredible. Do you track the projects after they've met their collaboration goals on the platform and provide further assistance to them like you're, you're doing in this example? Or is that a, a one-off? Uh, actually, uh, if, if we take uh, the example which uh, brought uh, Gevork uh, regarding uh, Hakopavank restoration. So the project ended, uh, the collaboration ended with all these parties getting involved mm -hmm. and starting collaboration. But it continued uh, with the fundraising. So right. yes, so there is a big process going on. Uh, if we talk about another project, another collaboration which ended recently, it was uh, from MEM, and mm -hmm. uh, they were looking for uh, computers for their students. So uh, they collected all the computers. They were looking for 10 computers. They collected all the, all the computers. And now we're looking at what's happening, what their children are doing. Yeah. Uh, what, and uh, one, one interesting story we have here is that one of the computers was donated by member who a few years ago got computer from someone. Oh, that's, that's so another really child, basically. Yeah, so yeah. so now 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 he's They're very back, yeah. uh, now he was uh, he's more developed and he's doing he, he needed a better computer because yeah. he was doing some three D modeling and so yeah. on. So he has decided that the other computer is going to be donated to someone. That's else. a great story. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
But let, let me uh, put uh, an, another word uh, in here about this tracking of mm -hmm. projects. So besides the vetting process that Armina just described, where we're doing this due diligence process, evaluating process, we have the reporting process as well. So right after uh, going live with their campaign, they're starting to provide at least uh, two uh, reports per month. Mm. One is financial report, where they show where from and how much money they have received and where did they spend this money. And the second report is progress report, where they basically show uh, the progress of that very month. For example, they're showing the videos, the photos, some uh, articles about them in media, for example. So based in this, uh, I mean, you see every donor, every, but basically these reports are public mm -hmm. and everyone from the community can track uh, the process of financial and progress expenditures, Re yeah. let's say like this, and the progress can be tracked uh, using these reports by anyone. So on the page of the project, you can go and see the yes. those progress reports? Yes, there are two main tabs. Uh, one is story tab, where you see everything about the project, and the other is updates tab. So in this updates tab, you can see every update, including uh, these obligatory reports, which they're posting uh, once a month, mm -hmm. these two reports. And uh, they are basically uh, obligated to report until the end of the uh, fulfillment of the project. Right. Not only the fundraising or collaboration campaign, but also the fulfillment of the project itself. Mm -hmm. Over what time period do you keep asking for those financial reports? Depending on the project. There are some projects which uh, the length of the project is two months. And they might be, for example, the Hakopavan case. Uh, the project will last around three years, for right. example. So up and to over the those end three years, you'll have progress Yes, reports. Yes, exactly. Obligatory. So up to the end of the project itself. For a platform like this to work, it, it seems like one of the biggest areas is maintaining trust with your community. How do you guys approach that problem? Because I feel like in the past, some initiatives similar to this that have started within the Armenian community have led to, at some point, for one reason or another, people losing faith in the, in the organization or how they're managing all of this. Is the primary way where that you maintain the trust with the community this vetting and constant reporting process? The trust is the key in this collaboration process. I mean, this is the backbone, basically, of the process. I mean, as I said in, in the beginning, we understood that what we have to do first, we have to start collaborate together. But to collaborate, we have to trust each other. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm not going to work with you. At least our collaboration won't be as effective right. as we want if yeah. there is no trust uh, yeah. in, uh, among us. Huh? So then we uh, dive deep in this anatomy of trust, mm -hmm. so to understand why people do not trust each other. And then we understood that the transparency is very important part of this. Yeah. So as soon as I'm transparent for you, so you know everything about me, my intentions, my needs, my knowledge, what I have, what I need, what I can, what I can't, etc., yeah. etc. Huh? So as soon as I'm transparent for you, it's much more easier for you to trust. Right. As soon as we have this high level of transparency, we can trust each other. And based on this trust, we can start effective collaboration right. together. So we decided that this transparency is supposed to be the one of the main or let's say main value of our platform. Right. Uh, this one is uh, the main reason why we don't have uh, defense or military projects on the platform as well. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, transparency there is 
like is not imp- not not possible. possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we are designing the whole platform based on this ideology that everything has to be transparent. Right. And as you see, during this vetting, we are collecting a lot of information about every project, and then this information is being posted on the platform for the whole uh, basically community. Uh, we are uh, collecting all these reports, uh, as we just talked about with these photos, uh, videos, and everything, and everything is being posted, uh, again, transparently for everyone as well. So this is creating that trust. Yeah. So as soon as you're paying a penny or spending your hour for on some project, and then you can easily track everything which yeah. is happening with this project, and you are sure that nothing is happening uh, behind your uh, back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We really believe that this level of transparency will bring to the level of trust we need to collaborate effectively together. Yeah, and uh, uh, I would like to add something here. It's a very very sensitive topic you raised, Nizde. And uh, what we saw is that after the war, uh, a lot of people lost their trust on big organizations. And what is happening now, we see that people say, okay, I have a relative in Armenia. Mm -hmm. It's better for me to send the money to them and they will give to someone. And uh, actually what's happening is that even in that case, there is no transparency yeah. because what we saw during the war was that a lot of individuals, they were taking money from their relatives and showing the same receipt to everyone and saying that this is money I have spent and, you know, <laughs> the rest. To right? their own relatives. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what happened is that people lost trust in big organizations and at the same time they stopped trusting their relatives and Hmm. closed ones because they have seen some things happening. And we came here with an idea that it's it's important to join our efforts, you know? We can, all of us, we can send money to our relatives and think that they will find someone to help. And uh, what we saw during the war as well was that there were some people who knew the places where to get, let's say, some things like blankets or something mm. and uh, they knew how to gather them and they were selling them on uh, in a shop or mm. somewhere in internet i understand that there is no trust i mean the trust is uh, a little bit low right now but uh, here we have to understand one very important thing we created rearmenia with the trans- as Gevork said yeah with the transparency in mind and we want to restore this trust in projects Mm -hmm. because again we did synergy if we do a little bit here a little bit there the result will be very small yeah so uh, we try to create this uh, environment for trust so people will be more willing to collaborate with others Mm -hmm. and uh, we will have bigger results i want to give another example of this Uh, one of our donors he said that Rearmenia is a great salvation for him because he said that uh, he's owner of a big company and he said that a lot of people are coming to him asking for money for this or that cause. And he said that on one hand, I don't have enough money to finance all of them. On the other hand, I don't have enough time to vet all these like proposals to understand, you know, to organize this due diligence. And he said that Rearmenia is a great solution for me. <laughs> so I will send everyone who's coming to me to Rearmenia. And yeah. if they're passing through that due diligence process, through that vetting process, so I will finance them. If right. not, I won't. And on the other hand, they will get opportunity to uh, raise a lot more money from other donors as well if they are on uh, rearmenia.com rather than they came uh, only only to me. Yeah. So this was another great thing. 
I believe that uh, this case uh, is a very good case for a lot of other uh, donors and supporters out mm-hmm. there. Actually, we have seen a lot of projects uh, which came to Armenia right now. We have uh, almost more than 200 projects already applied to Armenia, And some of them, when they th- see that they have to go through this process, process. Uh, we're asking for some documents, they just disappear. Yeah. So uh, okay, that's good. Filtering <laughs> is happening naturally. How many of those 200 projects have you accepted? Uh, actually, most of them are in the pl- pipeline right now. Some of them are in uh, trust and safety process, and other others are uh, in advisory board uh, evaluation yeah. process. Some of them are preparing their campaigns, and right now we have uh, around 15 projects that are preparing for campaign, and they will be live soon. Mm-hmm. And around 20 project like projects so we had are now live are successfully uh, f- yeah fulfilled, funded or found their collaborators. Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, it's like 50-50, I guess. Around 10 projects we had as fundraisers and around 10 projects uh, who were looking for collaboration. Yeah. The one thing I'll add on the trust part is, you know, I I sort of look at this as a user of Rearmenia. I'm kind of like an investor. Um, and in the sense that my expectation for success needs to somewhat be measured as well. If in over a 10-year time frame, the percentage-wise of successful projects is not 90 95%, but there's 10 MOOCs, that's an incredible success overall. So I think we need to, we on the user sides also need to understand that. Something that came into play uh, this month in Armenia is these regulations that are coming into play for equity crowdfunding. Yes. I know you were involved in that. First, let's say what equity crowdfunding is. So for those who've used something like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, people typically crowdfund some amount for a project, and maybe they'll get some reward for that, like a early access to that product or that platform. For equity crowdfunding, a company comes in and they sell early stage equity for um, for the amount that they raise. So if they need maybe, I don't know, $100,000, they give up some percentage of their company to the group exactly. that raises it. So this is now being regulated in Armenia. What it, what are those regulations that are coming into play and what do you see for that in the near future? Equity crowdfunding uh, was, you know, a, a lot of Armenians are uh, doing this uh, donations and support in different uh, types, like in-kind donations or direct financial donations. But... Uh, more and more people were thinking of uh, providing not fish, but uh, to teach how to fish. Right. Huh? So, yeah. and, and then uh, they came to the idea that they want to invest rather than donate. And uh, a lot of Armenians uh, throughout these years were looking for possibility, opportunity of investments in Armenian companies, in Armenian startups. But the easiest way for this basically is equity crowdfunding platform, where a lot of people like hundreds of people can uh, invest in the same entity with very small amounts, like $1,000, $5,000 or even less, huh? maybe. But Armenian regulations were not good enough for this. For example, we have restrictions that through crowdfunding platform, equity crowdfunding platform, maximum 50 people can invest in one entity. And each of those can invest up to uh, 1 million drums, which is $2,000 basically. No even- more. No, not no more, not more. I mean, if you want to invest more, you have to go into different legislation. Yeah. You have to uh, like start venture fund, or for example, you have to start a joint stock company uh, and uh, issue stocks. Yeah. Uh, have have these stocks in the market, sell them. So these are 
uh, huge uh, problems for startups who are just starting their business, who have great ideas, yeah. but they do not know how to organize all these things. And uh, the depository is, was working not very like uh, easy and fast uh, back then, et cetera, et cetera. So eventually for equity crowdfunding, these limitations uh, were there like 50 people per entity and $2,000 per, per person, meaning that not more than $100,000 you can raise through equity crowdfunding. But there are a lot of projects who really need like one or two or more millions, and they really can digest these millions and uh, like, you know, grow faster. So initially, we were thinking of Rearmenia as investment, donation, and collaboration platform. And uh, we went to central bank uh, with this. We said, you know, we really need uh, these regulations and these limits to be changed. And we started this uh, process with them. So I have to say that uh, central bank were very responsive and very fast in this uh, case because, you know, I, I personally, me, I, I had another experience with central bank when i uh, launched uh, with my friends idram payment system back in 2004 so we spent a lot around seven years to come to the point where our central bank uh, designed and finalized uh, the regulation for e-money issuance so we were very much afraid <laughs> and saying well i mean if if, if this is the way we want to go through i mean it, it's but but uh, i have to say that during one year of different talks and uh, like you know a lot of stakeholders of the market were involved in this and in central bank they have created a very professional uh, team uh, who were working on this and so during one year they came up with new regulations uh, which is a great one I, I have to say a very liberal one meaning that there are no limitations on uh, amount uh, invested by each person there are no limitations on a number of investors in one equity. There are no limitations of where from these uh, investors can be. I mean, any uh, citizen of any country can invest through these uh, platforms, uh, thanks to this regulation, into Armenian startups or companies. And there is just one regulation uh, about the total amount, uh, which is around... Four or five million dollars, I guess. I don't remember exactly the number at the moment. For equity crowdfunding. For equity crowdfunding. Yes, the, for equity crowdfunding, which is a pretty good That's number good because number, yeah. if you're uh, bigger than that, if you want to raise a bigger investment, so meaning that you are ready to have this, yeah. uh, to be on stock market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, in short, uh, this regulation really helps. Uh, I mean, will help uh, to develop equity crowdfunding sphere in Armenia. We basically decided uh, with rearmenia.com to stay in collaboration platform yeah. uh, mode and not go to investments because, you know, and the tool sets are very much uh, different mm -hmm. uh, for donors and for investors. And the incentives of donors and investors are different. Yeah. And uh, the way of running business, if you're running investment business, uh, equity crowdfunding it's uh, different and if you're running like non-profit or uh, helping uh, foundations to raise donations this is totally different so we decided to have two different platforms uh, and then we decided to stay only with the uh, collaboration platform but we uh, said that any other entity or group who will decide to go into equity crowdfunding business we will help them with everything we know. Yeah. We have all our networks, knowledge and experience, anything, everything. Besides, we said that uh, 
we uh, can provide our platform, the technological part, I mean, uh, of our platform as white label solution mm -hmm. for these equity crowdfunding uh, platforms. Of course, uh, for that, we need to, we need to do uh, some developments and uh, for a specific amount of money, we can do that and then we can... Uh, like provide maintenance of the platform as usually white label solution providers yeah. do. Huh? So right after that, uh, we had several uh, teams uh, who said that they are interested in starting uh, crowdfunding, I mean, equity crowdfunding platform. And we are in negotiations with some of them and some of the most active uh, groups are uh, on, already on the latest stage. Yeah. So, at the moment, uh, we're closing negotiations. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we will be able to announce already uh, the first partnership uh, with the team who are go going to uh, receive this investment company license, uh, who will start acting as uh, operator mm -hmm. of equity crowdfunding platform. And we, as we are, as Re Armenia, most probably will provide the white label solution to them based on all, all the technology that we have uh, developed. Based on this, we will develop the equity crowdfunding platform. And uh, at this very point, we will have already four Armenians, two different platforms, one for people who want to collaborate or donate to different causes and the other for people who want to invest in Armenian businesses. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a great ecosystem of uh, bringing resources to Armenia and investing in uh, development of Armenia, I believe. In Armenian companies. In Armenian companies and in Armenia overall, because these two platforms together right, yeah. will form this uh, ecosystem right. of bringing resources. It'll be a yeah, big tent, to, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. different uh, fields. That's a, the equity crowdfunding space is one I'm really interested in, and we'll see how it, it plays out in the coming year as these platforms launch. Okay, so let's finish with um, with this question. In the five to ten year time period, what are your hopes for Re Armenia, and how do you see that playing a role in the greater development of the Armenian, um, both tech and startup, but also all these initiatives, that entire ecosystem? How do you see Re Armenia's role in that? Okay, I will start, and I'm sure that Gabor could add a okay. lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, what we see is that uh, whenever you feel that you have a problem and uh, you don't know how to solve it, solve it, you will go to Re-Armenia and mm -hmm. find people who will help you. Whenever you will have a birthday and you will decide that uh, you don't want gifts and you want to uh, to collect some gifts for others, you will right. go to Re-Armenia and so say, guys, I have my birthday <laughs> and I want <laughs> to give you something. So whenever you feel like you want to help and you want to do something for your country, your people, you will go to Re Armenia and mm -hmm. find projects that are closer to your heart mm -hmm. and you will participate in solving a lot of problems. So uh, in short, it's going to be the place where uh, people will meet mm -hmm. to solve their problems and everyone, uh, whenever they have any problem, they will remember about Re Armenia as a mm -hmm. place where they can go. There are three different stages of development basically of Re Armenia. The first stage is the platform where all the Armenians are coming together, solving the problems. Uh, the second stage is ecosystem, where re-Armenian ecosystem, where there is a platform, but also a lot of different entities, foundations, individuals, experts who are uh, like collaborating together again for solving Armenians or Armenia's problems. Huh? And the third stage is the community, which is... Uh, developing around this ecosystem basically and this community as armina said these are people who are willing to 
uh, help to donate to collaborate I mean this giving community basically this is what we understand that we have to build as soon as possible but I want to add one thing more that re Armenia is again this is the platform this is the tool I mean to understand we are not foundation for example which is raising money right. and distributing this money we are just uh, providing the platform to all the other foundations, entities, individuals to come together to solve their problems using Rearmenia as the tool. A lot of different foundations are putting their projects uh, on Rearmenia platform using the platform as a tool. In five or ten years, as you as you said, we see Rearmenia uh, becoming the tool as a platform for all Armenians. We see the ecosystem uh, developed, uh, including all the needed entities. Yeah. Uh, for coming together and solving the problems. And uh, we see the big giving community of Armenians. We were thinking of around 30 to 40,000 people uh, involved in this community, which will be the critical mass, I believe, uh, after which uh, very organically this giving and collaborating uh, values and ideas will be spread yeah. uh, throughout Armenians. And then eventually we believe that this effective collaboration uh, ways will be spreading around the world already because a lot of other nations and countries really need uh, these models of effective collaboration, which we are developing at the moment for our uh, nation. Mm -hmm. Okay, Gebek and Armina, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you, thank thank you. very, very much. Thank we hope in the future you'll come back you. and give us your updates. Thank yeah, you guys. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks.